Hey guys, this is the podcast about sports performance coaching. And this is super important because this was something that helped me a lot um, when I decided to get a sports performance code. And there is a huge difference between a personal trainer and a sports performance coach. And there is also a huge difference between a kickboxing coach and a sports performance coach. Um, ultimately, your point fighting should be your number one priority and it will be and that's why the sports performance coach is there because that person is helping you to do the things like to get stronger um, with the things that you have to use for your point fighting so you know engaging the muscle groups that you're using and helping you extend yourself to different positions um, that we use in point fighting. So like the sports performance coach is building around your point fighting. This will make a lot more sense when you hear this episode. And I hope you will be inspired by it. And I hope you will see it as an investment in yourself and in your career, because you always want to be surrounded by good coaches who want to work with you to achieve your goals. So I hope you will enjoy it. And as always, get back to me. What do you think about this episode? Um, just send me a DM on Instagram. It's Camila underscore kickboxing. And enjoy the episode. Hey guys, I'm here with Connor. He's my sports performance coach. And today we will talk to you about why do you need a sports performance coach and what can you get out of that process of working with a sports performance coach? Um, Connor, can you introduce yourself shortly? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thanks for having me on, Camilla. Just want to say to start out, no honor to jump in on your podcast and cool to see. I'm excited to see where you take this. Thank you. Um, I'm I'm happy to have you here. Yeah, no problem at all. Um, So as you kind of alluded to, my name's Connor Murray. So I've been basically a coach or coaching since 2016 i've done an undergraduate in sports science strength and conditioning for sports and i also have a master's degree in coaching science as well and i've been a kind of lifelong martial arts participant as well been doing jiu-jitsu traditional jiu-jitsu since i was nine and then later on brazilian jiu-jitsu has become more of my kind of passion like right up until you know even today I still uh, avidly kind of training you know a couple of times a week for sure and yeah I just kind of that's where really my interest in kind of physical performance kind of stemmed from just kind of doing sports myself a little bit of rugby in school and just uh, always kind of wanted to kind of know the nuts and bolts of like well whenever you see these really elite performers, like how are they, you know, getting to that level or, you know, what, you know, really, to be honest for me, it was like watching some of the MMA guys on UFC countdown shows, watching them doing like their clean lifts and the different kind of strength lifts. And yeah, that, that whole kind of thing just really fascinated me to like, see like, wow, like they're doing not only, the martial arts but they're also doing you know physical training yeah um, to bring about you know their like max physiological potential and that that kind of really was something that interested me 
nice. that that's kind of a little bit about me mm-hmm. uh, my academic background and whatnot and, uh, I guess like over here now I'm living in Budapest obviously is where I got the good fortune to meet yourself yes. and your now fiance Jens as yes. well so um, obviously here I'm training like some kickboxing athletes like yourself some sports people or rugby guys and also just the kind of English speaking personal training clients as well so yeah that's kind of what my day-to-day work life is but um no happy to answer any questions and hopefully we can have a a good conversation about you know some of these topics I'm sure because you know I had a lot of questions throughout the I think now it's been one and a half year we've worked together and I've had a lot of yeah, questions and you also been able, you have always been able to answer them. And, you know, just uh, we've always been sure that what we do in the DM makes sense. So if I think like, why is this necessary for me as a point fighter, you, you can always answer that. And that's have just, that's been a very important part of, uh, of the journey and um, of working together, I think, because, yeah. So I just want to yeah. share this knowledge with the people out there. No, and that's great and I'm happy that uh, you know, it's an important thing for you to see the transfer from what we do in the weight room to you know your kickboxing because it's probably some of the biggest pitfalls that a lot of yeah. martial arts trainees will go into is that they don't train in a specific way to their sport exactly. what they're actually doing a lot of the time is they're you know everybody kind of knows what like there's benefits to strength training and whatnot you know of course better body composition or you can produce force better those kind of things but the general knowledge of what to do for athletes is pretty poor and it's very poorly communicated yeah Um, like you'll see a lot of you know martial artists doing just like typical bodybuilder style training because that's you know just what they've encountered as strength training and you know we'll probably touch on it later but uh, a lot of that type of training it's not really conducive to you know your performing and training and it can actually a lot of that type of training can take away from your performances if the you know amount of volumes that you're doing on certain lifts isn't appropriate you know usually people you know will go and do like a bodybuilder routine then they're you know, just absolutely dying with muscle soreness <laughs> you know, that, that's not beneficial for your training so exactly obviously yeah. there's you know a bit of a, a divide be, between what's optimal practice and what information the general you know martial arts trainee has Exactly. But that's actually very much into my first question, because can you first tell us why athletes should have a sports performance coach? Like, what is the value that a sports performance coach, and when I say sports performance coach, it's much like a a personal trainer, you can also call it that, but I like the word sports performance coach, because I think it's... um, it's telling you that this person is helping you with your sports performance as an athlete. And it's not just like go to the gym and tell you to do five push-ups and then go home. It's, it's more than that. It's like an overall thing. Yeah. But what can you as a sports performance uh, coach bring to the table that a kickboxing coach cannot? So what I would say the main benefit of having a sports performance coach is that you're going to have somebody who, knows all of the pitfalls has probably researched you know the the 
probably done the stupid shit that <laughs> you know I, I don't know if you don't mind me swearing on this show, no I don't but, uh, this is yeah, our podcast okay, okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah yeah okay um but yeah just so that you don't you know do all of the dumb shit that you know it's so easy to fall into like like I said doing like a bodybuilder routine or doing a powerlifting routine because at the end of the day you don't want to be a powerlifter you don't want to be like a you know an all right kickboxer who's amazing powerlifting skills what you want is to be able to exhibit forces which are expressed in your sport and to be able to consistently do them throughout the time demands of your sport so that also encompasses endurance as well um you know many personal trainers that you might get they're just kind of coming at things from maybe they've learned a little bit of exercise physiology maybe they learned you know what the basic set and rep ranges are for you know building muscle and like the generalist kind of training goals but if you just go with like a typical personal trainer like a, a lot of the time they're they're going to give you you know some good training and they're going to be very well-meaning and they probably you know their heart's in the right place but uh, at the end of the day it's not going to be as tailored for your sport it's not going to be you know looking at the physiological demands of your sport and breaking down like what are the specific most common injured sites like that's first of all any sports performance coach worth his salt is going to do a needs analysis you're going to have to look at like well what physiological capabilities do we need to attain the optimum performance in your sport and then we're going to reverse engineer that you have to then design like a you know battery of fitness tests where we can actually gauge like you Camilla where are you at now because if we don't know where you are now then we don't know where we're going to go from and we can't actually reverse engineer back to that date so that that's kind of where I would find the difference between like a generalized kind of a training approach which is what I feel like most of what you'll get out there with personal trainers they're probably going to give you just this kind of a general training approach. Whereas I feel like somebody who's, you know, a sports performance specialist is going to actually be able to take you as you are. And we're going to be able to devise something that's a, an individualized strategy that takes you as a person, your previous injury profile, your, okay. you know, what your personality traits, like what motivates <laughs> you like to, you know, the, all of that kind of stuff, which is, you know, in, in our work together, at the start, we probably, you know, used a lot more of the, I was giving you like the, you know, different forms to fill out and whatnot, your daily tracking. To, yes. you know, that, that's because I, I didn't really know you at that time. So, you know, whenever there's less kind of, of an athlete coach relationship that's been built, then we kind of have to kind of profile you and you know, figure out. But then, you know, once we, we've kind of been training together for a longer time it's kind of like I kind of know now we kind of know each other's patterns I know what exactly is kind of how, what your kind of things that you need to work on will be or what um, your you know habitual um, kind of a style of training is going to be what what, yeah. what 
amount of stress is Camilla going to be able to tolerate recovering from? But at the start of working with someone, there's no way that I could know that. So it's important to, you know, have be tracking a load of these metrics, you know, stuff that's subjective, like how you're feeling today. You know, what once I kind of know you more or the athlete more, you can just ask these things and you can get a far better read than any kind of a a questionnaire will give you. But, um, you know, to get to that level of individualization, you have to be in it for, you know, the person that's in front of you. Uh, I suppose that's where I see a lot of training that's just generalized. It's just made for the the group, you know, it's just made like a broad paint brush stroke you know um so i suppose that that was a bit of a rant but uh that that's kind of where i find uh, yeah is probably the main benefit and you also ask kind of compared to a kickboxing coach yeah yeah i suppose i would on that aspect of things i would have to give a big asterisk and saying like do I think like a sport, you just go sports performance coach and you get, you know, your kickboxing coach to, you know, whatever they're, you know, trying to denigrate them. No way. Your sport, your sports performance is, you know, going to be the, the most important thing is going to be your technical sports skills. You know, yeah. you can be the best, you know, weight room mover. You can, you know, have the perfect, you know, functional movement screen scores. Your mobility could be, you know, on point everything but if you don't have the technical tactical abilities from your kickboxing coach well you know that's you're going to get onto the competition mats and you'll still get slaughtered doesn't matter yeah of course the you know sports coach your kickboxing coaches they're always going to you know sports skills training takes precedence over everything and that's very much my philosophy as well whenever it comes to your additional sessions where you're doing strength and conditioning stuff is I, I want you to be primed and, you know, like a, a machine for those training sessions because they're what realistically you're going to get so much benefit for. But what I feel that, you know, the, the biggest gap that can be bridged within sports training is, you know, making those things all integrate together so that your, you know, your strength and conditioning accents and improves your, you know sports training sessions with the kickboxing rather than them being two separate entities within the training week you know it should all blend together and it should be you know this you know because it does your body doesn't tell that stress is coming from sports training or strength and conditioning training your body just sees you know this amalgam of stress yeah (laughs) you know you're gonna have to if you're doing things well try and optimize the amount of those stressors that you're exposing yourself to so that the recoverability is you know optimized and there's ways that we can sequence that into a program you know and play about with how much intensity that you get and when do we pull back and those kind of things and yeah. yeah, like but look I think, at the, you, people write books on this stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's very important what you say that, you know, the kickboxing is still the most important. And what is important about yeah. the sports performance uh, training is that we are tailoring it around the kickboxing and we are making sure that I can perform my kickboxing at any time. And we are just uh, adding to my skills by training the, like, 
when I have to kick, we will work on the specific muscle groups that I use for the kicks or just, you know, to, um, what is it called? Like to tighten my core, you know, like. So bracing your core, engaging your abs. Yeah, yeah, because that's such a, you know, like I have to use that all the time. So just to learn that, because that's not something that your kickboxing coach is necessarily telling you that it's important when you do this skill that you engage your core, but this is what you can tell me. And then I get the benefit of that and I can use it in my kickboxing training. So, yeah. And those are my favorite moments when I'm coaching somebody, whenever we do something in the gym and then the next day you come in like, Hey Connor, you know, that thing that we were working on, I actually like used that when I was like doing my, you know, roundhouse kick. And it's like, yeah, like that's brilliant. That's what that's, you know, that's a goal achieved, you know, like that, that I would rather that than, you know, like, okay, yeah, it's nice if we add like 10 kilos onto your trap bar, you know, deadlift or whatever. And that, that's all lovely. But, you know, the, the real benefit to your sports performance is whenever you like come back to me and you're saying, hey, Connor, you know, this thing that we worked, you know, I can, I can feel faster. I feel like I'm so able fun. to, you know, close the distance, uh, you know, in a more rapid way or, you know, I, I can make more movements within the sequence than what I was able to. And that, that's that's the goal you know that that's what's going to win you medals you know at the end of the day and that's you know what the sports performance training it shouldn't lose sight of that you shouldn't lose sight of you can chase you know different metrics you can chase you know higher jumps and whatnot but it's really we want it to be transferring and if it's not transferring then what are we doing and probably wasting your time you know yeah it's it's just a very expensive waste of money you know (laughs) like uh, that's what probably a lot of uh you know a lot of these like if you go with a trainer who you know isn't educated on these things or you know they're going to run you through some general kind of a training thing you know that probably not only can you know this type of training actually not make you better like it can probably make you worse Um, you know it can probably even just by the virtue of it taking you away from kickboxing training to do an extra you know like freaking bodybuilder split or something then that that's probably just time away from the sports training which you know you could be getting better at that that's Um, not what we want so yeah yeah but i also have i wanted to say this later but i think it fits very well now so i will just mention it because you talk a lot about how this is individualized like this is between you and me you are making sure i'm getting better and what you do with me will not work on any other person uh at least not to the full extent right so this this is where i want Mm -hmm. to say that finding a sports performance coach or any coach you it's okay that you're picky because you want to have someone on your team who wants to be there who wants to reach your goals with you who is motivated to do the work that needs to be done to reach your goals so i don't know if you remember but we kind of had like an interview before we even started working together we we met up and we like answered each other's questions and uh, and and then we decided okay let's let's give it a try i will do 10 trainings and if i like it i will stay if not i will just find another one and uh yeah, yeah. yeah it's absolutely okay to be picky about this this is your goal this is what you want to achieve so yeah make sure you Definitely. find the person who wants to work with you um, you're making an investment in yourself exactly. you know and you should research that investment because exactly. you know you don't want to, you know, find yourself, you know, a couple of years into a bad investment <laughs> to realize that, you know, 
And look, it, I'm sure it can happen. And, you know, the better get out then, you know, get your stop loss in. You know, <laughs> uh, maybe it would have been better to do that stuff earlier. But mm. yeah, look, it's, it's, you know, something where definitely even, you know, just personality wise, you know, yeah. there's some people who, you know, their, their coaching style maybe isn't for a particular athlete or, yeah like you know, maybe I, you I just really... don't understand because the way the person is learning and the way the other one is teaching doesn't add up so then you will not get anywhere yeah, yeah. so yeah yeah like a, an adaptable coach ideally should be able to adapt their style around you know what will get the best because out of somebody you know in a, in a given day i could have you know like between eight to ten different people coming into me and yeah. they could be between eight to ten different you know personality types or exactly you know the different goals and motivators you know from somebody who's just you know trying to shed a few pounds but you know lacks the discipline to then like you, you kind of yourselves who are you know running at like you know seven to ten sessions per week and like you yeah. know, highly internally motivated but you know maybe then it's it's a case of we need to actually see well how much stress is going into the system. Maybe we actually need to just pull back. And, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Th- sometimes it's like that. That kind of a thing too, you know. Yeah. So yeah, and it depends. And with, of course, with the kickboxers or the martial arts or you know any kind of contact sport guys, it's always important to have you know um, I guess somebody who has like a an understanding of the principles of training, so that like you you guys are always getting injured, banged up, so you know like there's days where you just come in like oh you know sorry my freaking <laughs> ankles you know the size of a freaking tennis ball you know or whatever exactly. on the side of it so yeah we, you know somebody who can write the program and pencil and can yeah. program around those things and it's not a case where you know oh god oh, gee, this is the program that i run and now you can't do this program so uh you know yeah just to be able to be adaptable is really important because you know, whenever you're in kind of contact sports, you guys are always getting banged up and that's um, just kind of the nature of the beast. You know, you have yeah. to be able to kind of work around those things. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I come in and say my shoulder is hurting today in a specific exercise, you will just tell me, okay, stop doing that. And then we do something else or you will even start implementing like how can we work on your shoulder to get it better and i think to anyone listening this is the kind of coach you want you don't want someone someone who is pushing you through bad pain or you know just telling you oh okay but uh, you know you want someone who can work with you yeah and it's crazy that you might think that you would have to say things like that but yeah Um, definitely there's there are levels you know and there is you know some people who are getting qualified in our industry you know there is no protected term for like a strength and conditioning coach or sport performance coach like there are some certs like you can look up for people like cscs or you know somebody who generally if somebody has a degree like that's probably a good sign they've at Mm. least uh, you know, put, you know, a significant period of their life and sacrifice, you know, financially to you know, yeah. go towards this endeavor. But, uh, you know, it's still not necessarily, you know, I've seen some people with degrees who, you know, I wouldn't trust to you know, <laughs> butter my toast, to be fair. So, um, like, there, there is levels, definitely. But um, yeah. just to, you know, absolutely you you want to if you're investing in somebody you know yeah. invest in somebody who's you know knows what they're talking about 
exactly and i also think like maybe this is not for everyone but uh for me it was also specifically important that you will not feel make me feel embarrassed because when i started with you i could not even do one push-up and it was super important to me that you will not be like oh my god you're kickboxing you cannot do one push-up no you were like okay then we know where to start we will make you do one push-up that's like the goal for now and then very quickly I could do like 30 on my knees and then we started moving to on the feet but I was starting as a complete newbie and you would just take me through all the steps and I even remember like I think I've had a panic attack in the in the room with you I've definitely cried a couple of times because my life was tough or something Uh, but all of these things we've been through and you've not made me feel embarrassed one single time so this is also super important well, look at you need someone who's understanding and will meet you where you are as well. Because exactly. um, look at people, you know, a- athletes are also, you know, prone to, you know, traumatic life events happen. Yeah. You know, people have stress, people, have, you know, per- perhaps even more so because you're also physiologically stressing yourself yeah. to a significant but- degree. Can yeah. you maybe because this was also one of my questions like you always ask me how was my day how was my week how is my body feeling like can you tell yeah. me why are you asking these questions I, in the beginning i thought you were just exceptionally nice but but i guess there's a reason to these questions yeah yeah well overall like i said we kind of touched on it earlier as well yeah. with um the kind of questionnaires that i would have given you and you know the, just kind of what you have alluded to you know that this kind of a, a line that we've been talking to like athletes are you know very prone to psychosocial stressors as well so you know to have you know have a questionnaire filled out of like you know how's your mood state and whatnot you know generally we're going to get like a you know a numbered scale or something from that but you know what once you kind of get to know the person and we're in like the coaching process you know, I can kind of, you kind of tell, and I learned this from Lauren Landau, who's a strength and conditioning coach with a lot of UFC athletes and stuff. And uh, In his seminar, he kind of said, you know, that the first test that he ever does is the looking test. And, you know, the looking test is, you know, you just like observe your athletes or, you know, your client, whoever's coming in, whoever's come to you on that day. And you can, you know, get some reads whenever you see like what, what's their normative behavior what's the you know typical way that they carry themselves and mm. you know i suppose just you know making that kind of you know general conversation with somebody it, you know you can quickly tell if there's something you know going on underneath the hood and you know with people who are you know um you know so, some people are different than how they you know will show these things and some people you know it's a kind of a thing where maybe you should ask them a little bit further you know somebody kind of you know needs the arm around the shoulder you know that, mm. that kind of thing and yeah. then some people it's like okay no the, this person just needs to you know go go on their own maybe we're going to give them some you know really really explosive medicine ball work and they just need to you know vent something <laughs> out but um it's also just kind of knowing you know like uh, there's research where it shows like people with high levels of academic stress will adapt in a less favorable way to strength training. They'll get like less gains, less, you know, physical performance improvements and whatnot from, you know, if they're in a high state of academic stress. Uh, So this all, you know, 
although it seems like kind of nebulous to the training process or it seems like something completely you know left of field it, it all actually does influence how well someone trains how well they recover is a big one because if someone's like stressed out of their mind and they're going home and they're not really getting sleep very well yeah. then that's all going to affect you know the end result and the amount of stressors that somebody's you know capable of adapting to and you know it's kind of it's kind of nearly as if you have like this kind of a pool of recovery resource and you know the more stressed someone is it's like you're withdrawing from that reserve of mm. potential recovery and that's a good know, way you, to look you at want it. to yeah yeah it's like a, you know the more stress is like you know there's like a leak in the pool and that yeah. pool is just you know slowly draining so you want to you know assess somebody's in a really good place in their life happy mood you know they're all good and, you know I think I even said it to you one time you know happy athletes you know uh, you're going to perform yes. well that's you know exactly so, uh, of course we can't be happy all the time that's not life life's you know gonna be difficult yep. <laughs> and challenging especially if you're the type of person who's going to try and go for world championships and kickboxing and stuff like you're, you're going to have plenty to stress about and you're going to have uh, you know a fair share of adversity but you want to you know i suppose get strike the balance where you you know can you know be it through mindfulness or you know even just like having some good friends who you can you know be around and just be you know not in that role of you know i'm switched on and you know getting after it all the time uh, that there you know it's, it's something to be paid attention to and something yeah. that you know i suppose it comes back into the individualization and the kind of relationship that you have with the the person that you're working with that you can kind of you know program around that because there's there's no weekend course where you're going to no. you know learn that you, you know this kind of stuff or that you know you know maybe you know it's going to be for the best to to pull back a little bit in the the training that we do and yeah. you know the, these are kind of intangible stuff like you won't get like a rep and set scheme for you know coming into you know contact with you know this or there's nothing like you know that for if a client has a panic attack in the gym like there's no course where it's like telling you you know yeah, yeah what how to, do. to you know <laughs> develop you know like what 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 should you do and, you know and I, I guess it just comes from spending time being around people and being around loads of different situations that um I guess always you know just having the trust uh, building trust with the person that you're working with that uh, you know, uh, I'm in your corner, you know, yeah. wh whatever it is, you know, we're, we're kind of, you know, we, we accept where we are and we take exactly. it from where we are and we're going to you know, strategize and try and, you know, may, make it so that you're, you know, in a better place. Exactly. That, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly um okay Connor, we are always training with the heart rate monitor and can you yes. tell the guys out there why do we do that what are the benefits yeah absolutely so um in general like um what i would say actually and uh, just related to the martial artists uh for combat sports in general uh, especially on this side of the atlantic whenever we kind of look at the typical athletic profile of martial artists uh, where there's actually really good culture gym culture in the u.s for wrestlers actually because and wrestlers like most high schools they'll have like a lifting program that yeah. kind of coincides 
you know and for for those guys like a lot of the time they're like really well we call it like training age mm -hmm. and you have like you know, your training age is maybe how many years that you have been mm. following a structured resistance training program mm -hmm. and to contrast with the u.s where like from even a young age the, these guys have like pretty high and well developed and, and girls as well i should say mm -hmm. um have very high training ages for like the people the trainees over in europe and this side of the world they tend to like you know that you could be like maybe even like european champion level martial artist a lot of the martial artists don't really have a whole lot of structured strength training behind them yeah and you know that that's a a big you know you know thing to realize is that you you might actually be like really really super high level kickboxer but you might be really, really like, as you alluded to, like you're a very talented kickboxer, but like you couldn't do like a full press up, yeah. and, you know, that that's like a thing where it's like, not like to, you know, wag the finger and say, Oh, like you, oh, you no. probably thought like felt this expectation, as you said, Absolutely. whenever you're coming in, like, you know, Oh my God, I'm going to be embarrassed or whatever. Yeah. But like, rather than you know that being something to be embarrassed about like for for me like that that didn't really surprise me because i'm just like well actually mm. most martial artists don't do very structured training most yeah. martial artists in fact they you know just the general trainees like that what they do is from a physical perspective is dog shit it's like <laughs> and like that's not disrespecting look at fucking they're really really great coaches who are coaching for the martial art but just from like a sheer like strength training side yeah. of things it's like just not programmed it's put like random helter skelter circuits of doing like you know setups and you know yeah, whatever yeah. like and most often like add an item yeah do 100 because <laughs> why yeah. that's like what you know, that, that number sounds cool yeah <laughs> you know exactly. like that, that's literally the forethought that's kind of went into it and you know that training like yeah some people get can get really fit with that but it's just kind of like you know it's a survivorship bias is what i would call it because it's just kind of a it's as we say generalized just throw out some of this formula at everyone yeah. And of course, the ones who are genetically predisposed to get really, really strong are going to get strong from that training anyway, even if it's dog shit program yeah. training, you know, they just like that the, there is definitely things that are, you know, not equal whenever it comes to the genetic, you know, disposition to adapt to certain training protocols. And, you know, what you're just going to see is like, you know, maybe a coach who hasn't actually thought about what they're doing so much uh like introspected you know they, they'll probably see the guys who were going to get fit anyway doing whatever dog shit training and they're going to get fit and then they're going to say well look at this training made you know this guy you know yeah, whatever and lucas and lucas is world champion and that's yeah. you know that's brilliant because you know that's my training that made him get there is like uh, well you know <laughs> is that really what's best for you know everyone yeah um, you see this as well a lot of the time with people looking at like the really elite performing guys you know trying to copy what like you know 
the all blacks are doing in their strength split and it's like but that's not actually what got them to that level you know like yeah. they're doing it now but that's not the first steps that exactly. they took to get there yeah you know but um, this is is this also because um i always think like when i come to the gym with you you are not expecting me to leave there and wanting to puke like we are not killing yeah, it yeah. every time we are in the gym it's actually more often i would not say chill of course it's hard we're working hard but the exercises are very like they are tailored we will not use the same muscle groups uh over and over like immediately after each other and um, I will help yeah. you know with the heart monitor we will make sure that my uh, heart rate is down before we start the next exercise so it's actually kind of a nice training because it's not about dying it's about yeah gaining strength exactly yeah yeah well that's it like you can you know do training to break someone down or you can do training to build someone up and uh, like we've kind of touched on what I suppose my general thoughts on the quality of the physical training that a lot of sports Uh, combat sports coaches will do uh, just regards like energy system development and that kind of thing and like um a great guy actually i've sent uh, you some of his uh, instagram stuff jeffrey to you yeah um he's um yeah i forget his handle now gctp training or something like that on instagram yeah, maybe but uh remember. yeah he's <laughs> um i've definitely sent you a few of his yeah, posts yeah. but he really really hits a nail on the head Uh, he kind of like says, you know, like a, a lot of kind of what's done is kind of like in this middle zone intensity where it's like really, really like lactic, you know, through the roof. You feel like you're going to puke kind of stuff. And that that's like what so much, uh, you know, martial arts trainees do. And, you know, if you then kind of invest in a personal trainer who's done a weekend course, they'll probably throw the same kind of stuff at you again. But like, well what you'll probably have noticed and you can probably attest to what we have done a lot whenever we were first working with each other i know you asked me about the heart rate monitors and i promise i was circling back <laughs> to it all this time <laughs> but uh yeah um like a lot of fighters don't well the one thing actually that does come from traditional martial arts which is pretty good is that a lot of them do have this understanding that there is benefit in the aerobic base kind of training so doing like kind of low level aerobic training so doing like your long slow runs um that there kind of stuff it's actually in the uh the training of a lot of fighters and for the general fitness of fighters that that's great because if you're um look at your resting heart rate for example and if it's over 60 beats per minute then you can probably be fitter. You can probably build a little bit more of that aerobic base. So that would have been one of the metrics that we would have tracked certainly in the beginning yeah. to kind of see where your fitness levels were at. And we would have seen, um, we would have done like Cooper tests on the rowing machine and stuff to kind of yeah. track how we were improving that system where we were um, using the, um, kind of modalities so i would have programmed your kind of longer slower stuff uh, which can also you know you can use that heart rate zone stuff and do your sports specific training you can be doing throwing combinations you can be doing that and keeping within your you know 130 to 150 beats and that that's going to train that system very well so stuff like that is really good because what a lot of fighters will do is they'll you know think like if it's not super intense if it's not you know then it's not giving me benefit mm -hmm. which isn't really true because we know from research on 
the adaptations to aerobic training you know there's you know adaptations that happen within the heart you know particularly the the left ventricle of your heart actually whenever you keep it in that lower uh, aerobic zones it actually kind of like gets wider or it like expands because of the increased amount of blood that can actually come into your left ventricle whenever you're doing wow. that kind of really low uh, heart rate zone so then that actually has benefits at higher intensities because then for each beat that your heart is making it's actually going to force more blood throughout mm. the body so that you know even training in these lower heart rate zones is going to have big benefits even in the more high intense stuff when it's structured into you know uh, an overall well-coordinated program so that's the benefits of the heart rate zones training then we can also look at you know things that we would have done you know coming closer to competition then pushing some higher intensities we would have looked at your heart rate recoverability which is another big thing that we would like to see is you know how quick you know yeah. can your heart actually from like a maximum level how quick can it actually drop back down because exactly. you guys do like two minute round but then you have a minute off so we really want to be able to, you know, push it as hard as we can for those two minutes. So that exactly. then whenever you get back onto the stool in between rounds, if you can be right back down by the time that you're, you know, that minute is done and you're ready to go again at that intensity, you know, that, that can be such a weapon, you know, to have that exactly. kind of conditioning is, you know, to, to have, it just gives you confidence as well going into a tournament. If you know that, you know, I, I can push, you know, whatever, five hard rounds, whatever amount of hard rounds, and you can push it at a pace that's beyond what your opponent can do. That, exactly. that can be such a, a useful tool, but it, it comes from, you know, not just, you know, pushing as hard as you can in every training session. It comes from you know, planned exposure to structured training. You need to increase gradually, you know, progressively overload the system and, you, you'll attest like some of those sessions that we would do you know it's, it's, it's not a lot of fun when you're going at nope. <laughs> maximal heart rate zones that, that's why you know we we would have done like a big aerobic block to start off with so that like you said earlier like it wasn't a case that you're sprinting to the bathroom to go you know throw up because yeah. that's what a lot of fighting conditioning turns out to be it's just like super intense you know absolutely blast the system far too hard and you know the person you know ends up throwing up and then there's all these feelings of you know inadequacy because you've you know not performed to the best whereas if, if you just like structured the program in an intelligent way you build up to that level of intensity and then you know you build on the wins and you know towards the end of that you know you you were doing like you know up to like six two minute rounds of like super high intensity and your your heart rate recovery was actually incredible it, i i couldn't get over like uh, how yeah. well adapted to that type of stuff that you were um so that you know that that's the benefit like if you know that you can push a pace then you know, but it only comes with structured training and, you know, well yeah. thought out programming. Yeah, but I totally agree. Like the confidence that comes with this, that I know, like I can push myself as hard as I can and I can still go back after one minute and do it one more time. Like that's, you yeah, can take like that to the mats and it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, 
it's uh, yeah it's like a, a weapon you know it's yeah. as much of a weapon as your roundhouse kick or your you know your blitz to the you exactly. know the strikes is yeah you know to, to know that you can repeatedly do that is you know especially if somebody you know it makes people hesitant whenever there's a quote i forget who but uh, you know fatigue makes cowards of us all <laughs> and it's true you know if you're really fatigued or if you're second guessing like oh my god yeah. will i be able to last this round because yeah that i think that's the scary i know chael sonnen the the fighter said it like that that's the scariest thing for a fighter is not not that he'll you know get like just caught randomly you know caught where he didn't see it or you know that he'll get hit but like just to fatigue to the point where you can't defend yourself yeah and you because you know it and that's a prolonged thing if you're so fatigued that you actually can't move out of the way of shots and you're just getting to eat up and you know that like that's that's probably you know as as close to hell for a combat sports athlete as there is if you're just so (laughs) fatigued that you can't actually you know then you know you uh, lost like resourcefully yeah it's because like, yeah. it's like not only you know that you've lost but it's also just miserable because yeah. you're trying you know you're bet you're it's like you're drowning you exactly. know, <laughs> you're drowning in lactic acid yeah and and well, also someone's trying to kick you in the head yeah so that, that's what also a disgusting way nice. to <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so like that double whammy (laughs) like you know the the interval stuff and training is pretty brutal but you know nobody's trying to kick you in the head while you're getting that as well so that's that's, true yeah um okay connor the time is passing fast but i still have a very important topic i want us to talk about and that's um injuries because i think that's every athlete's nightmare but um can you tell us how to prevent the injuries with the training we're doing? Like yeah. uh, so, what kind of things are we doing? And yeah. So I, what I would say is that overall with like following a structured strength training plan that takes into account your, you know, previous injury profile, your, let's say the, also takes into account the amount of load that you're doing so that you're not coming into kickboxing completely sore because obviously that's when you start making weird movements as well and that could predispose you to an injury but following like the principles of like appropriate load uh, you know adding you know the the right amount and you know following um, a structured plan that focuses on compound movements you're going to get from strength training benefits of increasing your bone density you're going to get your you know muscles and tendons are going to be trained much better so that you're going to be less likely uh, you know to you know have strains any injury is basically uh, you know a tissue has been subject to a greater force than it can tolerate so what is strength training well strength training is actually applying forces to tissues and those tissues adapt and they can actually respond by being more you know anti-fragile or resistant to those forces that we you know exert on them so you know whenever we get stronger we get a little bit more robust to you know different injuries so what i would say 
you know, big, big rocks before little rocks, definitely get your like compound strength movements. Those are like by compound for those that um, wouldn't be familiar with the term. It just means basically multi-joint exercises. So things that are like squats, lunges, you know, overhead presses, th- those kind of things mm-hmm. that where we're not just like like a bicep curl would be like a, an isolation exercise. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a single joint exercise. Yeah. We don't get a lot of bang for our buck for, you know, return on investment for, for those kind of things. I'm not hating on bicep curls, you know, I have them <laughs> in some of the programs, especially for the guys coming up to summer or whatnot, you know, to go to the beach and stuff. But, uh, you know, you would start off with the big rocks anyway. So things like hinge patterns, push patterns, pull patterns, squats, and getting the quality of the movements really good. You know, never uh, go for weight over quality because yeah. obviously, you know, you can, you know, I say that getting the tissues to tolerate force. Yeah, brilliant. We want a lot of that and probably the more the better, but not at the sacrifice of quality because sometimes people will do that they'll get a little bit of ego lifting Mm -hmm. and they'll try and you know beat the numbers um there's no harm and you know a bit of chasing numbers and a bit of that to you know get keep the motivation high but you know if we want to we don't want to lose sight of like this is supposed to keep us fresh for the kickboxing for the combat sports so by following these structured kind of a plans that are you know working these compound movements through you know a reasonably good you know full range of motion or you know as as good of a range of motion as you know we need for you know our sporting movements then we get strong through that range with the joints and then they're hopefully robust so that whenever like um actually just a quote actually lauren landau as well um, who I kind of talked about earlier, he, he used to say, uh, you know, the strength training, it helps uh, you do all the right things from all the wrong positions because within sport, you're going to find yourself with your knee, you know, is fucking rotated in a weird way and you've planted on it. You know, but if you've at least, you know, strength trained, then at least those tissues have tolerated force within a deep range of motion before they've yeah. been exposed to enough stress. So hopefully they can be robust enough to do the right things from those wrong positions. And that's kind of like the main benefit of kind of like the general compounds. Then further to that, like we would have, uh, this is also a bit of Jeffrey Chio stuff that um, he actually had a very good uh, kind of ebook out on combat sports stuff. And he, he talks about the robustness circuits as well. Mm-hmm. So we would have done a little bit of these kind of robustness things as well. Yeah. Where we'll do, you know, you can do a little bit of banded neck strength, a little bit of yeah. like wrist curls, a little bit of, you know, calf work and just kind of those smaller joints that are quite injury prone. Yeah. You know, just can keep you look in that up like on a little YouTube? circuit. Um, he, I would actually just plug his book and say buy his book if you're what interested is it? in this. What is the name um, of it? So it's uh, Jeffrey Chiu. He is a, it's like combat sports handbook. So mm, yeah, nice. definitely okay. um, check it out. Big endorsement yeah. on that. Very, mm-hmm. very good training principles. Yeah. And he would um, basically endorse just doing these here kind of robustness circuits where 
you know, let's figure out like what, what are the smaller joints that do get broken up from combat sports training. And then, you know, we're going to include a little bit of strength in there, like muscle groups and like joints that they aren't going to be the things that like are going to take away from your recovery resources. They're very, uh, low risk, high, potentially high payoff kind mm-hmm. of investments into your training time. Now there's some things which are very, you know, high risk, but potentially high payoff, you know, there's other things that are high risk and low payoff. We obviously want to you know, avoid <laughs> those. Unfortunately, a lot of training programs emphasize those, yeah. but, um, you know, we basically want to strengthen up the smaller joints and you know those things where look you guys I don't know how many times you guys come in and say, oh my wrists you know bollocks yeah, today or <laughs> you know my shoulder today or whatever it might be so just keeping in an element of strengthening to those smaller joints to those things exactly. that you know rotator cuff stuff and you can just put them on a circuit at the end it's really trying to emphasize that you know we get good quality reps on those joints as well because they are things that tend to get forgotten among the you know yeah people just come in and hit the bench press or do you know yeah the you know the main the, the beach muscles and stuff but exactly. you know it's uh they're things you know they they tend to like especially if you do like wrist strengthening and stuff yeah they tend not to have like those fast twitch fibers that fatigue really easy so you can actually you know bang out like you know three sets of 20 you know and you, you can do that fairly frequently and hopefully build a bit of robustness through those uh, joints and it, it doesn't take very much recovery no you, you know, can it, even that, do that, it that while recovery pool, <laughs> that, that recovery pool doesn't get drained so exactly, much you yeah. know so stuff like that definitely uh, i'm into nice um this was a good one to cover i think um but connor i have just one last question for you and no problem if someone wants to be the best in the world what is one thing they should do right now one thing they should do right now yeah from Mm. your perspective as a sports performance coach to be the best in the world Mm. that's uh a bit of a, a you know, a, a nebulous question. You know, there's there's so many to be the so best. Many okay, things that on. you could do. Hold on, to be the best point fighter in the world, what is one thing they should start doing? To be right the now? best point fighter in the world, yeah. uh, sign up to my program. No, let me yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, look at just follow structured training program and don't negate the you know utility of getting your recovery right you know those are the things i don't even know if that's necessarily doing one thing but that's like how i would say you know that's the philosophy that i think you know take take forward with you that and if you want to be the best in the world look at you you have to live it it's you know if you want to be number one there's going to be certain sacrifices that are going to come you know, outside of, you know, social life, relationships, work, you guys know, you've moved to Hungary, you've done the whole ringer, yeah. you know, so like that, that's to get, you know, to the level that you guys have got to and super proud to, you know, have seen how you guys have represented your country and, 
you know perform the way you performed you know that that's it was so awesome to see but like you guys will attest to you know the sacrifice that that took so yeah you know if you're going to try and be an elite performer in anything that there's going to be you know a certain amount of sacrifice that comes with that and you know uh, I guess it's about knowing yourself and knowing if that's what you're willing to do then if that is what you're willing to do then go after it you know follow yeah. and live it you know the live the life of an athlete don't don't just uh, you know what a lot of people do is they'll you know be an athlete for training camps and then they'll you know <laughs> yeah. kind of live live the high life for a couple of weeks and then yeah. they kind of go through boom bust cycles uh, and that's not saying that you have to be 100 percent you know strict all of the time but it just means that you have your priorities in a row where you know i'm as a habit even if i have you know a lighter stint of training i, I have the ingrained lifestyle where I, I get my protein you know i i get sufficient calories to fuel whatever training i'm doing i you know have these kind of inbuilt habits that you know that that's what you know, be, being an elite performer isn't all about like you know having this perfect diet, yeah. this perfect you know life or whatever. But it's you know more about you know have you got your ducks in a row for you know just these baseline habits and you know the, those standards that you hold and exactly. you know let live it. You know it's not a yeah. you know it's it's not a an on off switch. It's more of a a dimmer switch. You know it's like oh yeah <laughs> that's a good yeah. uh, that's a really good advice connor thank you um now can you give yourself a shout out where can people find you no problem so i'm actually can i do i remember my i think my instagram at the moment <laughs> is check coach connor yeah can you look i think it's coach connor m Maybe yeah coach, i think that's true I there's an underscore in there somewhere but okay, i'm not hold sure on. Hold where to find it just uh yeah but uh, if anyone wants to get in contact they can uh email me connor.buddhapt at gmail.com if anybody wants to get involved jump in with a bit of uh programming i do online training for people online programming or if not we're obviously we're based in budapest here so we're um in the city center beside yeah. octagon smasher training systems great sports performance gym here really great uh, really, really we great. have we have it all so um yeah if anyone's in budapest as well once they jump in with a bit of training then don't hesitate to get in touch and yeah I found if you your can handle. just uh, find my handle yeah <laughs> so it's coach underscore connor m perfect yeah i yeah. knew there was an under underscore somewhere yeah <laughs> but yeah okay Brilliant. so people can uh if they if they think okay this is what i want this is the coach i want because he knows about the martial arts the combat sports then they can do an online program with you if they are somewhere yep. else than whatever that's absolutely cool. that's really great yeah nice okay Powerful. no thank you no, so much thank Connor. you that i'm was, so uh... happy to have you here no, thank you for uh, bearing with me and listening to my ramblings. Of course, of course. I think you have a lot of great knowledge that should be shared with us. No, thank you. Najon Kusanam, as they say here in Hungary. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the tough Hungarian language. Okay, I'll see you.
Okay, so that was it for this episode, guys. I'm so happy you listened to it. Please get in contact with Connor, coach underscore Connor M on Instagram or send him an email or get in contact with me if you have any questions or anything you would like me to dig into even further. Um, I hope you got inspired to find yourself a sports performance coach, maybe even for the entire team. Um, so you can achieve your goals. So you'll have a much better, um, what is it called? Mm, I forgot the word, but a much better chance to, uh, wow, it's late. Sorry, guys. So you will have a much better chance to achieve your goals. And I just want to say, like, when he say, for example, dog shit about the training, I really hope you understand that this is, this is from a view of a really, really educated person within his field looking at, for example, a kickboxing coach who is making a, a strengthening program from what his coach taught him uh, 20 years ago. So when you look at it from this perspective, of course, um, the person who is very educated uh, in this specific field We'll look at it and think wow uh, this should be improved so yeah uh, I just wanted to share this knowledge with you and make sure you understand what the difference is between a kickboxing coach and a sport performance coach and a personal trainer um, and also I really hope that you just understood the fact that the kickboxing coach is the is, is the essential right we cannot do it without the point writing coach uh, we we have to learn our skills, of course. So this is an add-on. This is extra. This is a huge plus to work with the sports performance coach. Um, okay, I'm sure you got it. Uh, we did another episode right after this one on weight cutting, and it will come out very soon. Uh, just because I also want you to be educated uh, when it comes to weight cutting. Weight cutting is super, uh, a huge part of, of many fighters' lives. <clears throat> and uh unfortunately it's not super healthy always and so i just wanted to share the information with you how to do it in the best way for your own body for your own health to make sure that you are able to perform the like the short time after you weigh in that you can um that you can plan your weight cut depending on how many hours you have to um get all your water back into your body so <clears throat> sorry so this is what we talked about also and uh yeah as i mentioned it will be out soon i'm not exactly sure when but uh it will be before the tournament so i think it will be in the beginning of january so you have time to hear it listen to it and maybe dig into some of the information he's telling about uh, so you can use it for your next tournament. Okay. Thank you for listening. See you and make sure to rate this podcast if you can. Uh, send me a message. What do you think? Um, share it with a point fighter. Um, yeah, that's it, guys. See you.